This is only half of the episode. To get the full episode and all of our other episodes, go to patreon.com slash drug cult gang. Yeah, I don't know, that's like like well, one thing. I remember when I first started fucking with him was uh, one of the times whenever I realized that like his gay frog thing was like not, not bullshit. And that yeah. supposedly frogs were like actually like there was an actual real study where there were chemicals in the water that were fucking like fucking with these frogs and making them um you know like uh something's going on with their hormones and their gender or something like that yeah <laughs> you know what i'm talking about i mean and yeah you can ob- observably tell that that has extended to people <laughs> pe- people all you look think like that's the same thing uh, uh, yeah i mean people look there. like intersex root vegetables in a way that they <laughs> did not 10 years ago so oh, so- something in the water <laughs> oh my god that's so i don't know funny. Fl- fluoridation oh guess who's bizak still smell a crack in my clothes don't make me have to relapse on these hoes take it back out the tax in the road when i was hugging it niggas couldn't do nothing with it straight from the oven with it Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so yeah, what's up, Jack? How's it going? Um, terrific. I am just drinking some Starbucks French roast, and I've been reading The Exorcist and Amy Grant's memoir all day. Um, the Exorcist. <laughs> I didn't even know that started out as a book. Are you talking about the? So you know the what is it? The seventies that movie came out, The Exorcist. Yeah. It so that is my based life. off a yeah. book. Yes, it was a book okay. published in uh, 71, I believe, and the movie was 73. No shit, so that became a movie mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Yep. Um, how is it? How is that going? Well, the last time I read it, I was in sixth grade, uh, so it's been a while, but I still feel like I remember all of it. The Exorcist ruined my life when i found <laughs> out about it and i just saw about five minutes of it on tnt in like fourth grade and it gave me what i now recognize as like mild obsessive compulsive disorder where i would be like saying like <laughs> rituals of like i will not get possessed i will not get possessed like a certain number of times and then they re-released it in 2000 and my friends were talking about it a lot and I guess I started asking about it. My parents just brought, bought me like a paperback copy of the book, which I read on a camping trip in two sittings. And then I finally saw the movie and my uh, neurotic fear of it, uh, I sort of overcame or compartmentalized. Um, but I still tend to have like maybe one exorcist nightmare like a year. Oh and this is not God. an uncommon experience. I was just reading an article uh, about a woman who experienced the same thing when the movie came out and she saw it in the seventies where it's like her whole life was just ruined for like a week. Uh, (laughs) Just, just cast a chili Paul over everything. The movie has some kind of, some kind of really uh, deep supernatural power. They did a great fucking job for the seventies. Holy shit. Oh yeah. It's Um, unreal. I mean, it's, it's like you, could not even do it now like yeah uh, a, a movie a hollywood movie will never go that far 
ever again, you know, involving children uh, and the way that he directed it, like firing guns off on set to keep them looking startled and stuff like that. Like <laughs> you can't do that anymore. That. But in the, yeah, in the seventies, they all had like permanent back injuries and stuff after that. But in the seventies in new Hollywood, you could do that kind of stuff and you can see the results. Um, yes, there's also something that I think about all the time with films uh, today compared to the 70s. Like, the 70s had this certain color, um, and, like, um, that, like, newer cameras today don't have, um, like, they're dark. They're, they're a lot darker. Yeah, um, dark and gritty. Yes. Um, and I wonder, cause I always think I'm always like thinking about like if I want to make films like later, in my, later on in my life, not anytime soon because I'm incredibly broke and, you know, do I have not, uh, too many, you know, I have a good, I have a good amount, but nothing, nowhere near enough connections to like make my own feature length film or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I've thought about it in the future and I always think like, you know, could I like, how would I get uh, something that has more of that kind of color and like uh, like uh, lightness to it? Um, is it like like is it just about the cameras they used back then? Um, it, it, it must be complex, some kind of thing with you know not just the cameras, but the t like what they're played on the, today, the TVs. Um, yeah, TVs make edited. a big a big difference. I mean, obviously everything was shot on film then, but even if you shoot something on film now it doesn't look the same like like watching uh movies on old tvs old tube tvs in the 90s they were so much like darker oh my god and more textured and it felt TV. way more mysterious whereas now you can because of high def and everything you can really see like the strings being pulled yeah right you see like every little thing every little like, like back to exorcist real quick okay talking about your life being ruined um what was that goddamn game where it was like a i think they called it the maze game where it was like a little maze that on the screen this is like early this is like mid 2000s i believe where you're you're it's like a little maze game and then when you fuck up or something you know at the maze game that image of the exorcist pops up on the screen um, oh meet, what are those called meet those old... do you know what i'm talking about look this shit up if you uh okay those yes Yes, it was fucking horrible what they did to me. Um, it was like my older cousins. They fucking I was pretty young, and oh my god, it it was uh it was it was the face of the Exorcist girl, right? Yeah. The, the what were those called? Like screamers or something that jumps? Yeah, they would send them in email chains and stuff, and it sometimes would be like a tranquil picture of like a living room, and then it just all of a sudden uh like uh the exorcist face or some other like horrifying image along with like a loud noise would pop on screen and everybody's parents used to like scare them with it like back in the day but oh yeah yeah back oh, when the shit. internet was fun yeah right jesus christ what a what a what a time mm -hmm. um but yeah no neat is like our our jamie if you you know like <laughs> he yes. like looks shit up like yo look that shit up so if you have Amaze. anything to look up we have uh -huh. him um good to know yeah what what happened with um 
uh, you're you're with Orton. You guys are um, such an amazing fucking family. <laughs> I, I, I love that fucking shit. Yeah, now it's just me. Um, he just, uh, you know, he's a full-time parent, and he didn't have the time to uh, devote to such a such a demanding show anymore. Um, yeah, people think podcast is just how uh, you press a button or record. Fuck no, it ain't. It's a lot. No, of it's a ton of work. <laughs> yeah, I, I always uh, whine about this and everything. But yeah, people think podcasts just like happen spontaneously. Like the conversations just happen spontaneously, and it's like, uh, no, you have to organize people. You have to deal with tech nightmares. Oh my god! Uh, if you're doing like a show about like more uh in depth or like complicated media like i do then you have to like find someone who's willing to invest the time to um read or watch or talk about all that so yeah it's a lot but yeah i was gonna always wanted to ask you what um how do you go about picking your guests um mostly mostly it's just like my friends online um I mean, if someone, like, really, really wants to come on and they have, like, a good idea of what they want to do, that's something that I can talk about, too, you know, I'll consider it. But, yeah, really, it's, I generally like talking to people I've had on before and having, like, a network of people that come on and kind of reoccurs as characters over the years um but then of course you know to keep the the coffers full you have to get like big guests which is um it's more stressful than just talking to like your friends but yes it's just what you do yeah we need to start having more like reoccurring guests on i think you're oh my god you're only the second you're like our second reoccurring guest beside adam adam lear Oh really? <laughs> yeah, you're 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 that was you're like cool Adam more than a year ago, right? Our episode? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not sure. Holy shit, was it more than a year ago? Yeah, it was quite a while ago. Wow, what a trip. Cause I remember it was when the the Daily Beast hit piece. Oh my dropped. god, yeah. Uh, and we talked about that, <laughs> yeah. That was you know what? Um I think you. I've heard you say a really, a really great point. You said something about that where you said, "Yeah, you know, like, like you can t- like don't ever mention, don't ever talk about these things," which is a great point. Don't ever talk about these things, first of all. But second of all, like, okay, like you can talk about them after, like, a year after they fucking came out. You know what I mean? Yeah, after like, no one cares, you yes, can talk yes, about yes. them. But like when they drop, they're designed to. Uh, rile up your emotions and they feed vampirically off of your <laughs> response and giving it more attention so yeah if uh, anyone's trying to cancel you or do a hit piece on you or whatever um just totally say nothing for <laughs> as long as possible uh do not respond everyone gives in to the temptation especially if it's like it's the hard first not time to. it's happening to you because oh it's so exciting you're getting attention you're important yeah um but uh yeah no it's always ignore it for as long as possible and it goes away 
Yes. It's like it's like a away, vampiric man. exchange. Like they have to drink your blood and you have to drink their blood, and <laughs> that, that's how it happens. Speaking of vampires, this is exactly like um, and even the the title of of the piece uh, by Mark Fisher called Vampire's Castle. Which I um, still have never read. I haven't read a you've word never of Mark read Fisher. It. No. Okay. I can see that because I can see like you're very – you fucking like hate that kind of shit. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, like... I missed out on Mark Fisher because I went like uh, straight for the more – problematic stuff i guess mm-hmm. uh like mark fisher seemed to be like kind of a gateway to dirtbag left or yes. whatever for a lot of people like he's in that sphere so i what vampire's castle yeah i i know about it in myth and legend but like what what's the basic gist of it something negative about libtards <laughs> yeah 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 basically just like mm-hmm. um critique against libtards or so like um, I forgot exactly what what kicked it off, but it was um, let's see. Okay, <laughs> so you know Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. So Russell Brand like referred to girls, to women as like birds or some shit. <laughs> he was like calling bitches birds or some shit. Like uh, I think that's like an English thing or whatever. Yeah, that's like a '60s English thing, <laughs> London I thing. That. That's so fucking funny. And like Russell Brand is a shit. He's so fucking funny. Um, do you watch his YouTube? No, but I hear that he uh, is doing good work, doing yes, kind of is. like. Uh, soft both sides uh <laughs> critiques that might uh lead someone away from libtardism um no yeah, I, talking I about leading people around. away from libtardism hell yeah he's doing mm-hmm. a pretty good job yeah but he's the kind of you know kind of centrist sort of uh yeah soft introduction you know sets you down the the pipeline of radicalization you hate kind of both sidesisms huh <laughs> yeah and uh i do too i can't lie yeah uh well both sides is a term that i use against dirtbag leftists who are always uh finding reasons to not simply vote republican mm-hmm. um so they will do the galaxy brain like uh both sides are the same thing republicans and democrats are the same thing uh, which gives you a convenient excuse to remain uh, identifying as a libtard Democrat and not become one of the bad guys. But the simple fact of it is that uh, life under Democrats is uh, shitty and non-functional and expensive, as we're all seeing right now. So that's the main difference. <laughs> it's not about like uh, your little like uh, uh, cultural critiques and you know whether whether you think uh, Hillary Clinton or someone is a warmonger or whatever. It's the simple quality of life thing that. <laughs> gas is cheap under republicans okay at the very base the most basic level yeah god damn this is this thing i still can't get over with like these leftist kind of dirtbag socialist type people where it's like jesus christ i thought socialism and this kind of shit you know was about a uh, working class helping the working class but um they obviously don't give a fuck about the working class whenever you think about shit like the gas prices thing. That's like a clear example. Well, their version of the working class is like, uh, like 
noble black women and gender goblins it's like <laughs> totally made up in their head you know <laughs> like it's, it's they they totally uh abhor the actual working class and uh think you're like a disgusting white supremacist oh maga chud yeah applebee's for sure. americans they always say applebee's that's really creepy <laughs> yeah fucking um what in like applebee's and like like that's kind of contrasted to like what cheesecake factory like fucking no. <laughs> cheesecake factory is like a little higher uh mm-hmm. above the strata um yeah i i just don't i i spent enough time online kind of like uh tolerating people who were uh still had fantasies about communism in order to be polite and just like after last year i just no i do not have time for any (laughs) socialist larping please uh get over this and they always reveal themselves like all all of the dirtbag leftists, all the ex Bernie people. They will like slum with the bad problematic uh, right wingers, and they will critique libtards, and they will say Democrats are corrupt and everything. Uh, but then uh, certain cultural events, they will uh, jump in line, jump in line with the libs. Uh, like you know, Kyle Rittenhouse was one test where all the all the people I'd identified as crypto libtards uh, showed their true colors right then. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't have time for communists and I hate communism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I think I remember we talked about, we even talked a little bit about Ayn Rand. Yeah. Um, which, oh my God, dear Lord, have, I've never gotten that much shit in my life. (laughs) Oh, about uh, talking about Ayn Rand. Yeah. She gets people so stirred up like nothing else, which is the same reaction that she's generated uh since the very beginning like for almost a century she's gotten exactly that reaction that is and that reaction what i was is, telling people that is, is why into i the like fountainhead. her well i mean like, like yeah. no, I, I don't really like i don't really like her but like the what i do like about her is that it's like yeah you must be saying something if you get people fucking pissed off because that's the thing is yeah like, it has the ring of truth think, like you know because you really think about what she was saying oh shit you really think about what she was saying you know it is still like because what she what was she is like a rich russian girl that you know when they are taking rich people shit away you know that's what she got pissed about <laughs> was well like, even like divorced from all of that like uh, you can appreciate her if you simply read the fountainhead okay yes, sep- yes. separate from any like cri- you know capitalist stuff any like atheist stuff all of those kinds of overblown critiques of her it's really just about uh like the individual struggling against uh the corrupt media left-wing media establishment Mm -hmm. like that's what it's about and how morality is uh warped and manipulated for nefarious ends so people you know for the last like 10 15 years there's been this relentless focus on atlas shrugged and like discussions of capitalism regarding her but really they need to be reading the fountainhead because it's just more like mythic and personal and once you actually read it there's just no way of failing to recognize the ring of truth there i don't know i love it yeah that's right people get so been out of shape oh my gosh (laughs) nothing will reliably uh you know make you the main character 
uh, like saying something positive about Ayn Rand, and then it gets sent over to leftist Twitter. Um, well, yeah, that's where I try to get through people's heads, and it was like, yeah, it was like we were talking more about like her fiction and shit too, and how like no matter what, you can think so what someone's like main philosophy is like retarded and shit like that, but you can still say, well, look, they had some excellent points on, like you said, like the fucking leftist fucking apparatus. And she's uh, like also extremely press. funny. Like, there's this received, this received opinion that everybody goes, "Oh, she's a bad writer," which they're not speaking from experience. It's just something that people have learned to say for many years. But she's uh, a brilliant and hilarious satirist. Like from the very first moment I read it, I thought the Fountainhead was extremely funny, and the the depiction of the left wing media cabal in it is so timely it's exactly the kind of thing that trump was making fun of it's just brilliant i think people just see it through this uh distorted lens of preconceptions and worry about uh their like social status and like whether their friends are going to make fun of them if they accidentally like ayn rand or like like few parts of what she says you know because i still do i mean i don't i mean that's the thing about why i hate fucking liberalism and like neoliberal this neoliberal bullshit uh in general is because of um the same reasons why i dislike certain things about um ayn rand is that i like uh like the like individualism to a certain extent certain things about individualism and like i really i truly believe that humans are like um <clears throat> we are fucking uh we're social beings you know what i mean you know like mm -hmm. they even have proof they have studies that like um isolation uh isolation where you keep people away from other people is like the worst form of torture you know what i mean humans like need to be around other people yeah i mean look at look at what happened the last two years of covid isolation people went completely crazy like became like idiotic like religious fanatics because they were kept from each other in this like eventually largely self-imposed way because they thought that's what you did if you were a good person yeah um what was i gonna say also about okay do you know who young lean is uh is he the one that like wears dresses Oh my god, I think he is on some of that fucking weirdo shit. Um, or is that Young Thug? I haven't okay, heard any Young of music, Thug. There's, okay, there's like one... Young that, Thug has worn yeah. dresses, yeah, black dude, which despite that, I like. I still like think... Like, I, I appreciate how Young Thug is like one of the most influential um, musicians uh, of the fucking like early 2010s. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway... Um, just had to say that point but i do hate <laughs> dresses bullshit like kid cuddy i used to love i used to fucking love 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 kid cuddy and then he fucking worn a dress like kurt cobain style like like it looked like even when even when kurt cobain did it it was still like cool 
and like look kind of cool on like his like skinny heroin cheek kind of like long yeah. hair kind of body he did it looked cool and like kid cuddy's kind of like this buffer kind of better shape you know it's like buffer kind of black dude like with the fucking little tiny dress on it just looks yeah. so, so stupid yeah like, kid cuddy is another one of these people whose music i've never heard but i've never saw. heard like Dave no Knight, not at like all kid cuddy get the fuck uh, out of here no no, no. <laughs> uh and uh but i recently saw the movie x and really loved it and he plays a porn star in that and i only found mm. out it was him uh after the fact and he was really hot in it actually <laughs> he's pretty good looking um yeah what what is the movie called uh, it's x? called x it's when did about this come out um it's out right now it I came out a few weeks this. ago and it's about like it's kind of a it's a slasher movie, but it's about oh. um, people filming a porno in like a farmhouse. Yes, I've seen uh, commercials of this with Mia Goth from *Nymphomaniac* as the main character. Yeah, it's it's. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> so you recommend uh, you recommend it? Yeah, it's uh, it's How actually scary really is smart. It? Uh, it's not scary but there were some walkouts actually because there's some uh like old people nudity old people having sex stuff oh done through shock value and like two like teenagers uh sitting next to us walked out which is uh oh, so you've seen a testament the movie to movie's power um but yeah it's uh it's pretty smart and also um it defiantly has sexualized female nudity like all the girls in it uh show their tits which is really rare to see yeah you know, right i hate that show so, yeah i was really happy to see that uh-huh <laughs> um because i love your fucking critiques about um how like neoliberal society today there are like such there's such a lack of like beauty and um think we were just talking about this how uh you did that thing with um thaddeus russell who's been he's been talking to me and uh he you know i think his his like assistant um or like his uh thing media manager he called it uh put him on to me because he's like a big fan of me of, of well, I mean, a big fan of the podcast his like media, media manager whatever on instagram found me on instagram mm -hmm. And uh, he's been like wanting to come on. He wants me to come on his podcast, and I was like, "Yo, that'd be sick!" Because like I like I'm like I like really am into uh, Alexander Dugan, and uh, he's had on Alexander Dugan. I'm just like, "Yo, that's crazy to like be on the same podcast Alexander Dugan was on." Yeah, that is the best. He's yeah. uh, he's rock solid. He's one of my good friends. But you did a um a goddamn uh, what's it called a class a, a class like, yeah, yeah for him um about beauty um mm -hmm. in like 2010s right in the specific of the 2010s yeah I, I basically did um a kind of uh condensation of everything i talk about on the perfume nationalist uh down to like three classes uh Sick. all framed around the idea that the 2010s is the worst decade ever and that, <laughs> uh kind of connecting how stuff like um the hideous gray neoliberal renovations of like fast food restaurants and open floor plans and a uh, lack of carpet uh just random stuff that i dislike in the atmosphere here all how it's all in service of current liberal ideology 
Yeah. Then I just talked about Literally. a bunch of like movies and soap operas and stuff that I liked. My my typical uh stuff about um enjoying maximalism over minimalism. Um what was it I was gonna say about um um you know there was something that I was that I had like that I wanted to say like about okay, yes, yes, yes. So in the twenty tens I don't think there's ever been a decade where uh, like younger people or people in general, but especially younger people have wanted to be like, Oh man, I wish I lived in the seventies. I wish I lived in the sixties um, with like the, in like France with like the, 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 like the, the French uh, philosophical wave, uh, like theory wave in the sixties. And so I think that's, I've seen that's very popular. Um, but mm-hmm. like, or like the eighties with uh, what's that fucking retarded show? Uh, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, you know, there's been constant uh, 80s nostalgia, 80s yes. fetish for basically 20 years. I mean, the original <laughs> yeah. like Electro Clash uh, wave of hipsterism in like Brooklyn in the early mm-hmm. 2000s, that was kind of a first wave of 80s nostalgia. And it pretty much hasn't let up for 20 years. And like, you know, I'm as nostalgic as the next person, uh, but at a certain point, you do have to be like, okay, this nostalgia is getting me nowhere. How do we actually uh, move forward yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. in, a, in a productive manner? Exactly. Um, but yeah, mentally, I'm I'm certainly living in the 1980s always. Yeah, no, it's cool and shit, you know, but like... Like, no, I even, I think I was even telling you about this. Like, I just love the 70s. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, so I'm a victim of this. But, um, you know, and like, yeah, you're telling me how you don't recap uh, Mark Fisher. And, uh, but Mark Fisher, you know, so like, I was really, first, first of all, let me just say, I said this probably a thousand times, thousands of times on this podcast here. But I used to be a huge Mark Fisher fan um i even like a lot of my early work was like uh, about him or about like his work like in a kind of an extension of his shit and i even was a big i played a big role and um you know with like the the mark fisher memes and shit on instagram it was a huge thing where you know like uh mark fisher's popularity like you can look at like fucking google searches like actually do stats like we actually look at google searches and his fucking name and shit has like went like skyrocketed um the last like fucking few years or so um and i played a big role in that actually me and a few other people who now hate me <laughs> because uh they're still on like they're that dirtbag leftist horseshit and you know um because like a lot of chapo people were like really into mark fisher and shit you know like mark fit like um they even talked about mark fisher on um uh chapo trap house like like right. very early early people that kind of brought mark fisher into the scene was like amber frost um that everybody had a mark fisher episode yeah exactly. that, or that early wave there was like a red scare mark fisher episode really early on no too. shit uh-huh yeah you know i fucking met um anna and dasha not too long ago at this party in new york and um they're they're pretty nice you know they're cool uh me and anna we talked about you actually we talked about how she talked about how much she 
she liked your podcast. We were um, kind of just talking and shit. Yeah, but you know, yeah, I always the best. Though, yeah, she's dope. But I always think I wanted to come on my podcast really bad, but they're so like untouchable, you know, and kind of like <laughs> like when you think about this fucking scene or whatever, like they are like the fucking like like top of the top of the top you know like dasha's in like fucking succession and shit and they're like really like and they're like really um kind of protective over like who they uh talk to and whose podcasts they come on and shit yeah you Um, have to be past a certain point yeah for sure um but um uh, you know, also, I was also thinking, because I had some, uh, one thing I was going to ask you was, Anna, like, Anna and Dosh, they're kind of, they're, they, they've, they've created this kind of little thing, you know, the whole, like, Red Scare kind of universe, but you seem to be kind of, like, cri- um, uh, like, you kind of critique that little universe, like, not them, because you like them, right? You like, you've had both of them on your podcast. Yeah. Um, have you came on their podcast at all? No, I haven't. Well, yeah, you've had them on your podcast. Like, you guys seem to fuck with each other, but you can kind of be critique, critique, criticizing that kind of little, that little culture, which I do too. I oh, kind of fucking like, hate. Cr- it. You mean like they're crazy fans? You well, like their their fans are kind of the whole little culture and universe of their little thing. You know what I mean? Like, I was just listening to I think like your Filthy Armenian episode. Maybe it wasn't that one, but it was one of them where, you know, I was like, um, I was just like, you know, that's interesting because it's like, I think because here's the thing. Here's, here's what I'm getting at. Like, they even are critiqueful or like they even criticize um, their little thing that they've kind of built, whether if it's kind of on accident or not. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what is this little? Because like, okay, so like I have a we, me and me and Red Scare. You know, drug hole gang right here. We share a ton of like mutual fans, or you know, our mutual listeners. Like you know, almost everyone who listens to my shit. There's very few amount of people who don't know who Red Scare is, and there's a lot of people who listen to Red Scare who know who my podcast is. Like we share a lot of mutual. Same thing with our podcast. And um, you know, I'm just wondering, like, what is this little internet thing? This little subculture thing? Like, what is it? You try to track. Uh, I don't know. To me, the narrative is just that they, uh, that Dasha and Anna did something that was very evidently and clearly original and exciting and stood out. And it has, uh, it has enough like, uh, creativity about an ambiguity about it to keep people really interested but they did it first and spawned a million imitators uh including me yes <laughs> yeah same um, right yeah same yeah i mean i i mean that was like after i started listening to red scare in uh 2018 that was when i was like oh i could try my hand at this um but I don't know. I just I just keep the like I view them totally separate from uh the phenomenon of their imitators which spreads through the whole um dirtbag left kind of 
galaxy where people just imitate everything they do like several months later often yes. while totally resenting and hating them like that was something that struck me almost immediately was the t the animosity of their fans how all their fans just seemed to like rabidly hate them uh at, especially yeah, at the beginning right. when it was smaller but i don't know i think it's just uh if you're if you're in certain online spaces and you agree with people about certain things you just kind of end up talking to the same people i don't know yeah. i don't have i don't have any like deep take about it <laughs> really yeah i just think it's interesting as fuck like um i read alexander dugin and he has this part in his book our fourth political theory where he talks about because you know I fuck with him because we share a common goal and he has this whole book called the fourth political theory and the whole book what it's fucking about is trying to come up with something new uh, a new theory you know that goes against liberalism you know because just to give mm -hmm. a quick oh, explanation because okay so like first of all look like Anna Katchian she fucking uh reposted one of my posts before on instagram like on one of the drug cult gang on instagram one of my posts she reposted it before on her story or something and what was it it was like a meme um i can't really remember what meme it was it was just a meme um fuck what was it actually it was like oh yes I, it's that one you fucking like this meme too everyone fucking loves it but i think i particularly seen you even talk about it on your podcast or like you posted it before and it was like fucking oh uh um it was like the two wojack or you know soy jacks or whatever where one's like um um oh uh a conspiracy theory that um that's like new and actually and that's actually important or whatever oh that one yeah no yeah, who gives a, a fuck meme. yeah who gives a fuck and then it's like <laughs> oh conspiracy theory that's like five years old or like 10 years old and that and that and that uh you know nobody cares about anymore and it's like oh i'm going like oh go crazy like fucking like i love like oh like yes or whatever you know what i mean yeah that's um, the whole engine running the dirtbag left where they will uh, only bring up any shit that's con old, controversial viewpoint or conspiracy theory, or whatever, if it's totally safe or it's old. Yes, uh, there has to be a substantial delay. Like a quality of all of those people is that they will only speak out several months later when it no longer matters. So you didn't see any of them, uh, you know speaking out against covid or speaking out against the election mm. or any of that but then it goes down the pipeline you know there will be the the, the glenn greenwald piece or whatever and then saying it for the first time and then several months later they will adopt it and act like they had already always thought that um, exactly but yeah who who cares? I don't care what those people <laughs> say or think. It's just, it's just, it's just like the Borg from Star Trek to me. It's just, I don't know. I've always just like spoken the truth as soon as I observed it, as soon as I thought it, and uh, I could never be any different. So I don't know. Oh, 
I think <clears throat> I think it's interesting to study and pay attention to because you know I think it can really tell us about like where we're where a culture and society is going in like the next five years and like I think you know I think it's good to like try to you know have ideas about where we're going and where we've been like in history that's why I really fuck with Michel Foucault is because he was an historian you know not only <clears throat> was he a philosopher but he was like an historian because he had a he had a focus on history and I just like to and like you know like with <laughs> this crazy like neoliberal um internet society fucking data society everything is so high speed 5g fucking internet society we live in um everything happens so quickly you know and i think it's important to like you know everything's happening so quickly i think it's important to still try to track it and then yeah. where it's going where it's been because you know i i I still, you know, that's why I like the fourth political, I, why I like the fourth political theory, that book by Dugan, is because I still have a, a little bit of hope of, like, you know, there is something we can do. And even with Dugan, I think I didn't finish this point earlier, but Dugan, he has this um, uh, fucking, um, he has this part in the book where he talks about using the internet. And he's kind of this old bastard. He's like 60 years old or some shit. But he has this part in his book where he talks about using the internet and how using the internet can be a helpful tool of defeating liberalism because and neo, you know, neoliberalism, same fucking thing, you know, liberalism, neoliberalism. Some of my listeners, I'm still trying to like kind of teach them that or whatever, but um, yeah. like words. But um, uh, what was I saying? You know, fucking um, trying to defeat liberalism and um yeah and like because like he said the internet is a uh an invention that came out of liberalism it is like almost a feature of liberalism right um and uh he's like look we can use certain parts of liberalism against itself you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah um you know what do you what do you think about that? Like um, one, like what? How how do you think the internet is kind of a feature of liberalism? Um, and if you agree with that or not? I mean, know? I just I just think it goes without saying that if you're having if you're uh, making any kind of career or reputation as some kind of cultural commentator then you have to sell yourself on the internet. Like yes. there's no other option. Like, you know, this is just, this is just how things are now, but there is, you know, finding those pockets of rebellion that the overlords are constantly trying to eliminate like, I remember when in, like, 2015 and 2016, before I, like, made a Twitter account, and I had never seen, like, meme world, like, all of this kind of stuff. And I just, like, lurked Sam Hyde's profile and, like, Nick Mullen's profile and sensed that something was going on. Um, of course, like, podcasts are this interesting revival of radio uh yes. like independent radio programs and they are enjoying such popularity now because for the time being they are largely avoiding um censorship 
and it's kind of the only way for dissident viewpoints that don't go through the uh, crumbling dinosaur, uh, corrupt media, fake news ladder uh, to get out. Um, and this is why you see so many like uh, hit pieces on like Joe Rogan and stuff. And every two weeks, there will like Joe yes. Rogan will be the t- the topic of national conversation about how you know he's <laughs> spreading misinformation and whatnot. So like as soon as I started seeing those um, panic pieces about the the misinformation tendencies of podcasts, I kind of knew where that was going and that the the libs would expand on that later and really go after podcasts. But um, overall, I mean, with the with the uh political chasm of 2015-2016 uh there just became this separation between IRL people and online people and I just found the internet necessary to find any like-minded people because you just can't you can no longer talk honestly about anything with like coworkers or whatnot yes. you know yeah, no, it's always been a thing with, like, like, I remember my mom telling me that a long time, like, a while ago, where it's like, oh, you know, it's impolite to talk about politics, like, at work and shit. People used to know that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> politics, well, sex, and religion. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, um, you know, I guess it happens more now, which is kind of worse because i feel like now more than ever we're so fucking polarized more than ever you know and like we're like um like 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 you cannot piss somebody off as as bad as you could today in the history of the fucking world where um you know you could just like uh mention you know oh maybe you know trump is trump is like oh he's like funny or whatever and he's not as bad as people say he is you know it's just jesus christ you could you could get fucking fired just not well you know people can find a way to get you fired like they're like no i cannot be around you you know you are a fucking like white supremacist and shit you know what i mean yeah funny because a lot of the people who agree with shit like that are like black people working class black people it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and the the like media impetus as 2010s lib- libtardism kept getting more and more extreme. Like there were all these pieces in the New York Times and whatever, like specifically instructing readers to root out uh, dissident conservative people in their families and friend groups. Uh, like it is your duty to punish these people personally. Um, and people took that very seriously. Uh, it's, it's really depressing when you think about the initial optimism of the internet, how it was supposed to, you know, in the nineties be this like utopian Mm -hmm. virtual reality where all information was free and everybody would be just like, you know, walking through like the library of Alexandria, you know, having these like civil (laughs) discussions and everything. And as soon as the internet uh, was out of the hands of nerds and reached the broader public, it started to mutate into this more sinister thing. And it was like still like free and crazy and fun through the 
2000s, but then the advent of social media is what really changed everything. Uh, so like I'm 34 and I'm from the first generation that they launched social media on, you know, I was on MySpace when it was really fun and there were like no grown-ups on it. Uh, everybody was like emo and bisexual and you put songs on your profile, whatever. It was just a totally different experience from what social media later became. Um, but then now we've seen how over 10 years social media is used as this surveillance tool especially ramped up during covid where suddenly your entire life is contained on your phone and you have to sign all the terms of service agreements saying that you support the current lived hard thing um so your bank account your sex life your uh you know your work life everything is all in one place and it's all in control of de in the control of Democrats. Um, and for a while, at least, you're not allowed to leave your apartment uh, because of COVID. So I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just, yeah, this initial utopian freedom and promise of the internet turned into the ultimate dystopian surveillance device. Yes, yes, yes. All of what you said, it's exactly right. And that's what I was talking about with like, fucking the internet is like a feature of liberalism. And that is exactly right. I think about this all, I talk about this quite often, how the internet was looked at uh, as like this fucking such this hope, hopeful thing that people were so hopeful about because people were like, wow, this is fucking it. You know, for thousands of years, the problem was, was that, you know, knowledge power, you know, what Foucault talks about, which like knowledge power, which is like, you know, the elites, they have had all the knowledge and like, you know, um, if now that we can like put knowledge into like text and then share that text and then, you know, like with the internet, we can fucking share information all around the world. There people were like, yo, this is fucking it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like this is it. This is a, uh, this is the, the revolution's going to come and, 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 uh, everything's going to be so much better. You know what I mean? Like the capitalism is going to end. Um, you know, like, uh, because, you know, there it really is, like, you know, with capitalism, there really is this deal where, you know, uh, it's not, it's nothing about, like, oh, you have to be a communist or whatever, but, like, people, any, 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 any person who's not fucking retarded can admit, like, okay, there are problems with capitalism and how, you know, like, people are dying, hundreds of thousands of people are dying in America, like, a year for, like, not having medical insurance, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, people are fucking homeless and then it's like we have all these people that are rich as fuck you know and uh you know like the people like like people like with the internet and shit like like uh, in general like with like mark zuckerberg fucking um you know all the people who own uh all these big you know uh, uh internet fucking platforms they're making fucking millions of fucking dollars and there's people on the street fucking dying you know what i mean and it's like mm -hmm you know we can all agree like that does not have to be like that you know it's like that because people are fucking greedy and uh they're you know like i've even heard you say like 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 there's a fucking solid line of like good and fucking evil you know mm -hmm. like there are fucking people who are good and there are people who are fucking evil and if you can't fucking see that by now you're fucking you're out of your fucking mind you know what i mean yeah. like, i I would just appreciate if uh, 
my capitalist excess could <clears throat> once again be free from the false religion of woke libtard signaling like I think it would be an enormous relief to at the very least have like aesthetically pleasing commercials rather than hectoring scolding <laughs> politically motiv motivated ones <laughs> like yes, it just creates the worst it just contributes so much to uh the general malaise and degradation all around like that you know they don't even focus on making the products look appealing it's just been so many so many years of the relentless bizarre psychedelic diversity stuff and to the point where the commercials that i see on like tubi like every single time it's a commercial for it like a household product or something you know conventionally associated with women's work they have to show a man doing it you back to the block with the phone street shit is all i know from the womb to the tomb, a hot pot of joy and a spoon, trying to make me 40,000 and move. Motels, star-studded, rock stars and goons, plain clothes want to run in my room. But nigga, guess who's been Zach? It's your boy, Face Marv. Started with an eight ball, gotta get this cake, dog. Give niggas a break, nah. You know how the game go. Fuck you think I slang for to go against the grain? No. I'm out here in grind mode, wrapped up in a paper chase. I want to fuck a fine hoe with candy paint the 88. Don't got no wholesale, cause that ain't how I want to run it. Here, take these five stones and bring a nigga back a hundred. Gotta see my feet, dude. You do see the thing, dude. If I get too hot in the kitchen, I hit the streets, fool. Money is an issue, and that's on the machismo. My nizzle, your block warming, I come by with the fizzle. It make for sure I get to work mine a part of time. We go to war and you ain't making a dime. Cause I got shit to lose. A nigga out here paying his dues. My baby walking, gotta get him some shoes. It's a new game for it. Let me get you the rules. Get out of line and I'm gonna get you the blues. It's a new game for Let me get you the rules. Get out of line and I'm gonna get you the blues. Whoa! Got soup is at. The boy B. Mizak. AKA Mr. Cracker Brick. Turn a whole one from a half a brick. Look, I mastered this. You can smell it once the plastic hits. Play to make it swell up if your gas can clip. You can make your chips swell up. You don't have to pitch. Play them corners like a safety. Watch the traffic switch. Young and never pump fake. And you get past the blitz. And keep your whole hood on flip. Like old box spring. Pissy mattress shit. No old box of things. Strictly blasting shit. I hug the block like quarter water. Shit, I used to hug the corner like an old deuce in a quarter. Till I deuce in the morning with the old heads. Swinging loose quarters. Philly cat back at it. Still fucking with them crack addicts, still bustin' with that black paddy. Guess who's Bazak? Back on the block with them old Space Mark, Mac, Mittens, and Hoes. Don't make me relapse. Back to the block with the phone. Cause the street shit is all I know.